0: How you doing, howlers? Liz? <laughs>
1: That's how Ben talks to Victra.
0: Couple quick warnings before we get started here today. First warning, this podcast contains adult content.
1: Don't be a pixie.
0: Second warning, this podcast contains spoilers for the entire Red Rising universe. If you have not read the books, please read them. Come back, listen to the podcast, tell everybody how amazing it is.
1: Also, there's spoilers for every other show, including and mostly Game of Thrones.
0: <laughs> there may be some Game of Thrones talk today. Is that what you're saying?
1: I don't. You can't stop me.
0: Okay. <laughs> Hope you guys are watching the TV show. Where uh, can people find us on social media?
1: Social meds, HowlerPod, H-O-W-L-E-R-P-O-D. That's on Facebook, Instagram, Etsy, Twitter, email howlerpod at gmail.com send us your comments questions tell us what you're into (laughs) we want to hear from you we love hearing from howlers
0: rate and review the podcast five stars only
1: if you don't give us five stars we'll make you wrap your razor around your neck and pop your own head off
0: yep and now howlerpod
1: If you're watching EO, it's time to close your eyes. The Reaper has come, and he's brought hell with him. Oh, shit. Hello,
0: <laughs> Howlers. Welcome to howler pod the one and only podcast for all things red rising where every episode we dive deep to break down celebrate and discuss all aspects of the fantastic red rising series by howler number one pierce brown
1: ooh, ooh.
0: i'm your host ben reinert i am joined today as always by the amazing erin Ayers.
1: that's me low howlers
0: We have come to talk to you about Morningstar chapters 44 through 49. Somebody's getting it today.
1: Shit's getting wild. (laughs) Let's load up this star shell and shoot straight into our chapter summaries.
0: Hopefully, Roke doesn't shit himself when he (laughs) cuts his head off.
1: And hopefully, we don't shit in our claw drills. Crawl drills? (laughs) Claw drills? I don't know what what you're in, but I'm in a crawl drill. I'll take the
0: first one. Chapter 44, The Lucky Ones. Darrow paces the bridge of the Pax as he and his crew watch and wait for Roke's fleet to cross the void between Europa and Io and the battle to begin. Darrow asks to speak with Orion, who will be captaining a different ship today as part of Darrow's plan They briefly discuss her affinity for pirating and then wish each other luck before signing off. Victra enters the bridge. She's not supposed to be there, but Severo wanted her to stay with Darrow. Darrow calls to the Howlers, who just so happen to be hiding in some caverns on the moon of Thebes, as another part of Darrow's plan, for their traditional pre-battle talk because he's a sentimental piece of sap. (laughs) <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> they share their last words before battle, and Darrow tells them all to come home. Darrow then addresses the fleet and gives his final rousing speech before the battle, telling his army, They will reclaim their stolen lives and build the future they were promised together. Break the chains and prepare for battle, y'all. Rise!
1: Rise! <laughs> rise. Man, rise! We haven't had a good son. rise in a while. Rise! Well, it's because. <laughs> It's because he did. He did, yeah. Chapter 45, The Battle of Ilium. Darrow's forces approach the Sword Armada. It's the largest fleet he's ever seen. It's fucking huge. Orion and three quarters of Darrow's fleet move ahead of the packs into the heart of Roke's fleet. It's a trap. Romulus and Mustang's ships move around to the back going for the enemy's engines. And then the packs which holds Darrow, Victra, Holiday, and Cephi in a fuck ton of obsidians, pushes forward at ramming speed towards Roke's ship, the Colossus, which means it's big. Huge. There's lots of cool space battle shit that is only cool if you read what Pierce gifted us. So read the fucking books. Read I'm em. cussing a lot more today. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're fired I'm up. I'm super pumped. I love space battles. You, I've told you at the very first episode i think yeah that i love the this is my favorite space battle this, is it, this right, right here. here we made it we're in my favorite moment
0: <laughs> 22 <laughs> episodes later or something like that let's go 23 episodes later
1: all right cool space battle shit so then the pax is taking a ton of fire because it's like ramming towards the colossus and it starts dying around them and daryl's like thanks old girl it's been fun then Roke comes on the hollow in the bridge. He tells Darrow and Victra to surrender. Victra spits on the ground and Darrow gives him a rude hand gesture mm. and says, Fuck you. Yeah. And then I laughed.
0: <laughs> that was for all of us. I feel
1: like. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Roke. <laughs> so then Roke looks off screen and tells all Leechcraft to capture the Reaper, dead or alive. Just make sure he's recognizable.
0: hmm. That takes us to chapter 46, Helldiver. Now that Roke has launched his leechcraft, Darrow's plan is in full swing. He tells his blue crew to say goodbye to the packs and get to their shuttles as he heads to the auxiliary hangar with Victra. The enemy leechcraft will only find an abandoned ship once they board. In the hangar, Darrow and Victra are joined by hundreds of obsidian warriors and Sephi and her Valkyrie as they prep shuttles of their own to board the Colossus. Darrow's entire maneuver was a trap to draw Rook close enough to launch his leechcraft full of warriors at an empty ship so that Darrow and his Valkyrie could board the Colossus while no one is there to defend it. Darrow and a group of red Helldivers then enact the next part of the plan, activating four modified claw drills and drilling right through the walls of the packs out into space, and head straight for the Colossus. Darrow slams into the Colossus, riding his claw drill. Drilling through the exterior, he makes a 300-meter-long tunnel into the ship before his drill dies. Victra, Holiday, and Cephi in the Valkyrie fly in through the tunnel uh, Darrow made in their shuttle and unload inside the halls of the Colossus. The group prepares to breach the door in front of them. A firestorm awaits. It's going to be close quarters combat the whole way. Holiday counts down as their drill melts the door down in front of them. The Reaper has come, and he's brought Hell with him, ladies and gents.
1: All right, chapter 47, Hell. Darrow and his squad breach the door. They get pinned down fighting, so Darrow and Victra rocket ahead on their grav boots and slice all the enemy greys up real nice. They move ahead, and Holiday and the Obsidians follow, slicing and dicing, killing in the small hallways. Mustang hails Darrow. Her ship is under heavy fire and an EMP ruined her chances of escape. Darrow tells his squad to push forward full speed ahead. They must make it to the bridge to stop Roke from destroying Mustang's ship. Because Mustang. Gotta save Mustang. Roke can see them moving in the halls. Through the cameras. The ship goes into full lockdown protocol, which includes locking out the doors and increasing the gravity. They push ahead slowly, fighting at every corner. Then Darrow's quote rise up low colors speech comes on and they start getting a little help from Roke's low color crew, including decreasing the gravity and unlocking some doors. Mm So they quickly make it to the bridge door, but they're totally screwed because the thermal drill can't cut through the door fast enough, and a big group of golds is closing in on them. Before they decide on what to do, the bridge door opens.
0: Chapter 48, Imperator. Darrow, Victra, Holiday, and Cephy and the Valkyrie surge onto the bridge expecting an ambush. Instead, they find a calm, serene scene playing out in front of them as Roke stands before a large holographic projection orchestrating the battle beyond. Just to Darrow's right next to the door is a small pink woman trembling as she, as a delightful smile, begins to spread on her face. Cephi and the Valkyrie make quick work of a squad of greys nearby as Darrow and Victra dispatch their gold leaders by slicing some heads off and shit. Roke is stunned at the sight of Darrow. He looks past Darrow to the pink and looks uh, really super hurt by her betrayal. Amathea, you?
1: Even you?
0: <laughs> How's it feel, Roke?
1: He's such a sucker. <laughs> That's
0: all I want to say. How's it feel? You little bitch. Okay. Darrow then tells Roke to have his fleet stand down because, like, we got to save Mustang. Her ship's getting bombarded right now. Uh, Roke refuses. He's like, but it's Mustang. He's like, I don't care. I don't care. Daryl then threatens to blow up the packs with all 15,000 of Roke's troops aboard. Roke refuses. Daryl blows that shit up and the explosion allows Mustang's ship to escape the barrage of fire it's taking. Daryl can only hope she's alive. Daryl then explains the next part of his plan to Roke, who thinks he has Daryl's remaining forces and the Moon Lords in flight. Well, actually, Roke, Daryl planned for that all along. As Orion and the Moon Lords pass the moon of Thebes, several and the Howlers, 6,000 soldiers in starshells, 50,000 obsidians and 40,000 screaming crazy reds in leechcraft pour out of the caverns of the moon and onto rokes pursuing forces he fucked big time also romulus got fucked too probably won't be the last time in these chapters (laughs) because he had some golds in leechcraft on thebes too but Darrow had the reds collapse their caverns before they launched sneaky sneaky Roke now knows he has lost, but he still won't tell his fleet to stand down. Daryl can see the look on Roke's face as pulling him away from this life. He tells Roke he does not have to die, and that the world needs Roke off No, it doesn't. I was going to say, I, I I disagree. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Objection.
1: <laughs> I, think, I think we're good here. <laughs> yeah, this is I think we've all wrapped uh, up. <laughs> yeah, we've wrapped all this up in a nice little bow. Thanks, Roke. Bye.
0: Roke doesn't have it. Once brothers, they are a world apart now. Roke has lost the invincible Armada, and he knows he has no place in Darrow's new world. It is over for him. Darrow tries one last time to connect with his old friend, telling him to keep swimming. That was the only part where I was like, okay, maybe. But then I was like,
1: no. Well, you only feel sad because for Darrow, You right. don't feel sad for Roke.
0: Roke then pulls his razor and wraps the whip around his neck telling darrow he will be no prisoner roke then ends his own life with the press of a button on his razor as darrow watches
1: chapter 49 colossus darrow is stunned so victor assumes command of the colossus she hails the telemonises while Seffi approaches darrow and kneels by roke's body she comforts darrow recognizing that roke was his friend Orion reports that Antonia is abandoning the Sword Armada. She's such a bitch. She's the worst. She's the worst to everybody. <laughs> yeah. Like, the worst to ever Like, Aja is the worst to us, but she's also a badass, and she's loyal.
0: Right.
1: is just flippant and only cares about herself.
0: Well, yeah. Even when Darrow says they've taken the Colossus, like, the battle's still 50-50 at that point, he yeah.
1: says. Yeah, he's even like, oh, shit, we're we're going to have to fight this out for hours. Right. And then no, Antonia's like, "Here you go, Darrow. I'm going to leave." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, she hands Darrow the victory by her betrayal. Victoria wants to pursue her sister so she can kill her, but Darrow says there's something more important that needs doing. His helmet slithers on and he answers a call from Romulus. Darrow pretends to still be in the halls, not yet on the bridge. Romulus suspects that Roke is going to destroy the docks of Ganymede. The call ends and Darrow explains the plan to Victor and Holiday. They're going to blow the docks and pretend it was Roke's last act of violence. By doing this, Roke is marooning Romulus to the rim for at least 50 years. Romulus won't be able to attack the core if the rising succeeds." The 250-year-old docks span majestically beyond the viewport. Cephy and the Obsidians look on in awe of man's achievements. Darrow begins to give the order, but Victra takes over. Share the load, darling. They look on as the docks begin to blow. And there's, by the way, bunches of reds and oranges and browns. And the only people escaping are probably golds.
0: Yeah, a lot of low colors dying.
1: Darrow asks Sephi to give the Colossus a new name. Tiergmoga, she says, which means morning star.
0: <laughs> wow, what a set of chapters.
1: Wait, not a lot happened. This is kind of boring. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) It's yawn fest over here.
0: Really? I mean, yeah, if Pierce could ever write something exciting.
1: I know. Like, (laughs) God, all this romance shit.
0: (laughs) All right. Now that we know what happened in these chapters, we need to figure out the theme that ties them all together. The theme for these chapters is...
1: Bunch of shit. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) That was my theme. (laughs) Bunch of shit happened. (laughs) The theme is fear.
0: Yes. So there's a couple different ways that this applies. We want to talk about Darrow's fear of losing his friends. Also, his fear of war, which is a little different than
1: what it used to be.
0: What it used to be. Correct. Because he's been through wars at this point.
1: He's also been in a little box. Yep. And now he has a lot more to lose, it feels like. Exactly.
0: And then we also have Roke's fear of change. So, we've got some quotes as usual to illustrate this theme. Let's Great. start. So, this is right. This is Darrow's uh, usual call all the howlers right before the battle.
1: And Seffy's like, What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Why are we doing this? Why are you talking like children?
0: <laughs> Why are you talking like children? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: turn it down, fan. <laughs>
0: so, yeah, this is Darrow thinking to himself I feel so much love for this band of misfits and oath breakers so much fear i wish i could protect them from this find some way to spare them the coming hell me too yeah for sure
1: although we don't lose anyone that we know except for roke yeah so that's pretty good
0: daryl's pretty successful in this situation. yeah none of
1: the like Seb howler well a bunch of Sephys ladies die, but we don't really know that you know, we lose,
0: well. lose some valkyrie Uh, But yeah, this is just kind of illustrates Darrow, some of the change that he's had. I know he had similar thoughts prior to the Iron Reign, but I think like he sees this differently now. Like he does not want to lose all these people that he cares about so much. And like Aaron said just a little bit ago, like he has a lot more to lose now that he's He's got out of the box. He's got a
1: child that he doesn't know about.
0: Right, we got a
1: baby. Have you read this book yet? <laughs> There's a baby at the end. So the next quote, he's speaking with the whole fleet, giving some inspiration to everyone, especially mm. the low colors. In mine, in space, in city and sky, we have lived our lives in fear, fear of death, fear of pain. Today, fear only that we fail.
0: Yep, and this idea of... He like comes back to it. It's like a touchstone throughout all these chapters. Like he starts with the fear for his friends and then he uses fear as a motivator for his army. The fear that they lived in previously. It's like he's got to, you got to say, you got to let that go. Today we have to succeed and we have to come through on this. You got to have to put that fear aside. That's kind of illustrated a little bit by the obsidians. And their <laughs> mushrooms.
1: <laughs> which is super badass. <laughs> ben cool. and I love the druggies of these ladies.
0: <laughs> and so specifically, he also gets into their war chant, which I think this is a really cool idea and a really cool illustration of like teamwork and just this idea of like people coming together to take fear away from each other and the fact that they can protect themselves from that. It's something the obsidians do they're chanting there is no pain only joy they chant deep in the embrace of the god's bread sefi begins the war bellow her voice higher than ragnar's her two winged sisters join her then their wing sisters until dozens fill the calm with their song giving me a sense of grandeur as my mind tells my body to flee this is why the obsidians chant not to sow terror but to feel brave to feel kinship instead of isolation and fear
1: yeah i got the chills
0: that was so great and and you got to think back to other points in the books where we have an obsidian chanting Mm -hmm. like whenever they're doing it at darrow he's fucking terrified of them
1: he's like all right guys let's (laughs) let's stop that (laughs) and yeah when ragnar does it everyone's like fuck right it's super intense exactly and like you know and you feel the energy and it's not always good for you <laughs> right it
0: strikes fear into the opponent but like you said it's not about that it's about their collective it's like them leaning back on their culture leaning back on their group their tribe to pull themselves together and make right. themselves about, feel brave
1: about unity right. and and you know when you're chanting and your sister's chanting next to you in rhythm you know that you're also going to be like moving together and fighting together. Like it really puts you in sync Yeah, with those ladies, those large ladies. So right after the chanting part, this is talking about Darrow's fear, this quote. And because Darrow is the protagonist and up to this book, the only viewpoint that we hear, we have heard a lot of about Darrow's fear and it's very like honest and he's not a psychopath so he like
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know feels all these feelings and we can feel them with him and he's he's about to breach this door about to start killing people making meats of men
0: right they know the meat grinders on the other side of that door
1: yeah and darrow of course even though he's important to the rising he's always in the front he's always in the front line he's not hanging back in the back staying safe so he says, My body trembles, mouth full of ashes, wear the mask, hide the man, feel nothing, see everything, move and kill, move and kill. I am not a man. They are not men. Fear is not real. He's trying to become the animal right. with the rage, and he's having trouble just being the the rage, which he so easily was before all of this self-growth right. and learning. He can't just like rage out and go totally cold because he like he cares way too much about other people.
0: Yeah, that's a really good that's a really good point because like he used to be able to slip into the Reaper just like you know, like
1: that. Yeah.
0: And now he's like gotta talk himself through it and he's like put wear the mask, you know, hide the man. This reminds me of a great, great part of actually Game of Thrones and it's a much bigger part of the book books than it is the T V show. But one of the things that Jon Snow uh, hears at the wall, he talks to the maester up there. He says, kill the, kill the boy and become the man. And that's what this reminds me of. He's like, wear the mask, hide the man. Darrow has to be able to take away those the fear for his friends, the fear of losing people. And he has to wear the mask. He has to hide the man that he is now, that he's grown into and become the reaper once more because that's what this battle requires of him at this moment the next quote just kind of feeds into that like they, he's talking about this is when they're in the hallway to hallway fighting it's super fucking intense and it's really slow and, yeah
1: and not not fast
0: he says this is the grind of war it's not bravery it's fear of shaming yourself in the eyes of your friends that, that keeps you moving
1: and he also needs to continue to protect victra and the the obsidians and holiday. He's he's in the front, like leading this charge. Right. And at this point, he has that call for Mustang already. Yes. So he's grinding even harder because he loves her, and she's like drowning and needs him to take the Colossus faster.
0: Yeah, that fear of losing Mustang is a huge motivating factor for him to make this drive to the the bridge of the ship.
1: He even has an internal monologue where he's saying like. Why did I ever leave her side? She should be with me. I should never leave her. Yep. yep. Hey, maybe you should remember that when you <laughs> again leave her in the next book.
0: Right. He wasn't even going to take Victra. Like, Victra wasn't even supposed to be there.
1: Dude, it's good she was because she's bouncing around like a ping pong ball, killing everyone. Oh, she's
0: awesome. She is a better fighter than Darrow. I feel like. And oh, he's...
1: I feel like he would definitely be dead if she wasn't ping ponging around. Yeah. Slicing <laughs> everyone up. Yep. So now this is about Roke's fear and we've we've breached the bridge. The pink has let us in mm-hmm. and this is about Roke. It says, he's turned now from his battle to see all the nobility in him, all the cold-blooded Imperator melting away, leaving him a stunned, startled man.
0: Yeah, so this is like the visceral fear that Roke is feeling seeing Daryl just be like, Oh, Uh-oh. and he pees, he pees his suit. <laughs>
1: we don't we don't like hear about it, but he definitely peed his suit.
0: I bet he did. That's yeah, I, that's the rumors.
1: So all of the like posturing that we saw from Roke just a f- melts away. A few hours prior, we see that all he he, c- he becomes the scared boy, basically. Right. He before that had a bunch of wins behind him. He's like the best fighter ever in space and then oh shit Darrow's right there and it even mentions like he doesn't even draw his sling blade because he knows there's no point. Right. Like he's lost. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And Darrow even talks about that like when Roke launches his leech craft at the packs, he's like he's so haughty and he's so just like dripping with uh
1: with victory.
0: Yeah, he's just, like, trying to really put it over on Darrow, basically. And uh, that's when Darrow says, fuck you, basically, because he's just, like, <laughs> being such an asshole about it. And and at this moment, all of that shit melts away. Like, all of that rogue being better than everyone, it just melts away at this moment, because he's now confronted with Darrow right in front of him.
1: I feel like at this point, maybe he should reconsider being a colorist <sighs> and think, well... Darrow's here and I'm going to die because he's a red. Mm-hmm. So maybe golds aren't the best.
0: Well, that's what we're going to get into now is like these next quotes illustrate why he doesn't switch because he's scared of that future. He's scared of uh, the change in society. He knows that he is a man of the past at this point And this this new world that Darrow's trying to create, there is not a place for a rogue.
1: A whole
0: new world. <laughs> says to him, there's no getting out. Time to do the right thing. I know it's been a while. And Roke says, and destroy what's left of my honor? I think not.
1: <laughs> Fuck your honor, dude. Nobody thinks you're cool.
0: <laughs> oh, yep. And then he goes on to say, I love the society. I love my people. Can't you see that? I cannot watch mine fade. I cannot watch it all burn. Our age is ending I feel the days shortening, the brief light dimming upon the kingdom of man. Could you be a little more dramatic, please? So
1: dramatic.
0: (laughs) And then the last thing, one of the last things he says is, there is no place for me in your world. And that's just Roke. He cannot accept these changes. He cannot accept the idea that maybe there's something out there better than the society, better than gold. And he goes down spouting that bullshit.
1: Oh my God, he's not Ariel with a fin, thinking he can get legs and walk around in a different world. (laughs) He's just gonna sink with his little man mermaid merman (laughs) fin and kill himself. Yep, like a pixie.
0: Yep, yeah, he would rather. He already well, he knows like he doesn't have a place in society anymore. He's lost the unbeatable invincible armada so like he's fucked there and then he doesn't believe in anything that Darrow's doing and just absolutely cannot accept it and that fear of change that fear of anything different than what he knows and what he believes in drives him to end up ultimately killing himself
1: it's good too because if he had hung around like Cassius turns to our side and then is basically separated in Iron Gold from the rest of the crew because although he fought for the Rising, he, he's not really accepted this new way of thinking, so he, he kind of goes off on his own. I feel like Roke would have never stopped fighting. Right. Because Roke isn't like personally betrayed by the Sovereign like Cassius was. Right. So... I don't know. I don't know what they would have done with him if he had stuck around.
0: Yeah, I don't think it would have worked. Like, Roke and Cassius actually have similar circumstances. They're both just pulled into this war, and neither of them, you know, started it and didn't have anything to do with it, really. But their family, their honor, drew them into it. And so it's different for both of them, though, because Cassius was pretty much because of his family and because of the honor of his family so he's playing like,
1: julian
0: julian yeah was the big thing that was the first step but then roke he's like he believes in society and that is the stand-in where it's Cassie's family for roke it's it's the society instead and it, he just believes so deeply in that ideal
1: so that belief is flawed though because mustang even brings up that roke is mad at darrow for Quinn dying, and it's not darrow who kills quinn it's the fucking sovereign who he serves exactly and he like can't he like doesn't make that connection at all and he blames darrow for like thinking he could walk amongst them when really his biggest qualm is about quinn and that wasn't darrow's fault and quinn was on darrow's side so i'm i'm curious to know what would have happened if quinn had ended up living
0: I think just because, like, Roke is... He thinks he's so smart that he thinks that if Daryl never rises up, never does anything in the first place, never fights back, that Quinn's never even in that position where she's killed because of the Sovereign. So he, like, takes it all the way back past that. He can't really separate those things.
1: Right. But, I mean, but I don't, without I agree Darrow, with you. Yeah, yeah, the Sovereign still being a bitch and killing everyone
0: oh for sure she doesn't give a shit about roke either no no that's i mean as soon as he's not useful to her like he says as soon as he loses this battle he's fucked like yeah bye guys it's not like she's gonna be like oh it's okay yeah (laughs) you can come back to luna and
1: you see what happens to antonia
0: (laughs) as soon as he does he's gonna get killed so right (laughs)
1: <laughs> all right. So that's kind of our overview of how these chapters do spell out fear mm-hmm. amongst all the really fantastic action mm-hmm. and slicing and dicing of greys right, in the yeah. halls.
0: Yeah, that fear really informs a lot of the actions of the characters in these chapters. Okay, so now that we know the theme, we've got to talk about the Prime Five
1: Which is five of our favorite insights and observations from this week's chapter. So number one, prime five, we're going to talk about um, how basically the whole plan for this whole episode was about how um, Darrow's strategy was all based on basically thinking of something that a gold could never wrap their head around even though they're the smartest and have done all the studies. Roke thinks he knows Darrow. Yep. And he's already like ready for Darrow's quote unquote traps, like Orion going ahead, Darrow shooting through um, ramming speed with the packs. Roke's like ready for all that shit. Mm -hmm. He's even probably thinking, oh, Darrow's got other people hidden somewhere because that's Darrow's big thing is hiding people in dead (laughs) things. But the whole strategy... He does hide
0: people on a dead moon. I didn't even think about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
1: (laughs) If it was shaped like a horse, (laughs) Severo would have been so stoked.
0: (laughs) Avoid the horse-shaped moon. Well,
1: Severo's (laughs) like, can I hide in anything? (laughs) Like, uh,
0: We'll figure something out for you, darling. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So the whole strategy with the claw drill and all the reds and the hell divers, like... Flying through space and digging into the ship like a gold couldn't think about that because right. it's it's very self-sacrificing. Like mm-hmm. that is a very easy way to die. And we see a a hell diver die right next to Darrow because they're not well protected. Right. But this is also like one of the only ways to get through the shields and get into the ship. So.
0: And he sacrifices yeah. his capital ship to do it. Right. I yeah. Mean, he
1: sacrifices the packs. Right
0: and and yeah it's exactly what you said it's just like roke is fighting him he thinks he's so smart and he thinks he knows darrow but he only knows darrow as a gold right he doesn't know actual red darrow like the real darrow and so he's like you think i'm fucking crazy what i'll fucking show you crazy
1: Right. <laughs> is that from a movie?
0: It's a. Uh, that's from Batman. He's like, "You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts." That's what it is. Sorry, I just remembered. Such a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> also,
1: great memory. <laughs> so yeah, Prime Five. That's just the whole strategy, and um, obviously, this is all Darrow's idea, but I think Pierce does a good job of like setting up what you think should happen Mm -hmm. and you're kind of thinking as roke's thinking and then you're surprised like oh wow this is a great plan like tearing your whole ship to pieces Mm -hmm. to like dig through another ship it's crazy
0: yeah i was trying to remember and think back to just like what i thought the first time i read this and i do remember being like what is daryl doing like this sprinting out with his ship and just like mm-hmm. this is not this is not good and like roke's just like backing up and letting him get closer and closer as he just pounds him with all of their guns and it's just like what are we doing here daryl but then it's like if you read it a second time you can clearly see like pierce is setting you up to see that there are there's other stuff going on
1: right and not only do we like burst through the ship we go layer by layer. Yep. We break through the pipes. We like feel all the architecture and the engineering of the whole ship as we're like melting through it. Yeah. You know, and and then when we're melting through the Colossus, Darrow's like, I hope I don't hit a munitions bay. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's all it's all a suicide mission, which right. is why a gold would never do that. So yep. that's why they don't think Darrow would do it.
0: Yep. Yep, exactly. So cool. All right, that takes us to item number two on the Prime 5 list, and that is Sephi and her psychedelic mushrooms. <laughs> we
1: should get some and then, like, stab ourselves in the <laughs> thigh and be like, this is hilarious. <laughs> just kidding, don't do that.
0: This is just wild. I can't believe that they would take psychedelic mushrooms prior to a battle. And I do love... I love Sephi offering them to Victra, and she goes, you'll see dragons.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, maybe when we're not about to almost die, can I take him on the beach with you later?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm having a hard enough time just like keeping it together. Right. (laughs) In our hallway fights, I don't need to also be hallucinating. Thanks, And you know
1: when you're anxious, you want to like feel like you're in control. Like doing this is just like so badass because they're like, well... We're gonna g- we're not even gonna see what's actually there. We're gonna see dragons. Yeah,
0: they're just kind of in a a trance state. It's you know? crazy. They don't feel fear, they don't feel pain.
1: Yeah, they're like laughing as their guts are spilling out. Right. It's great.
0: That's just wild. It's pretty fucking hardcore. Hardcore.
1: <laughs> we knew Sephi was hardcore with her axe, <laughs> but this is like even more hardcore. I
0: feel like is Ragnar doing he's not even doing mushrooms.
1: I don't, Ragnar was like bringing presents to kids. I don't know if he was tripping <laughs> on mushrooms. Yeah.
0: So Sefi maybe... maybe Sefi m-
1: goes to EDM shows. Yeah,
0: she goes harder than Ragnar. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, if anyone has a hookup for obsidian mushrooms... God's eh, bread. Hit me up. <laughs> so another one of the Prime 5 uh, is Daryl being like super cold... Basically no conscious just fucking Romulus over multiple times through these chapters. Right.
0: Yeah, this is in two places, really. Like, he uh, has the Reds collapse the caverns on Thebes on top of all of Romulus's which, star shells or which whatever, Which means Leechcraft.
1: Romulus does not get any of the ships. Right. So the whole thing with several and his crew coming out of the dead moon hiding in dead things Yep. blowing of the mines really fucks romulus over even without the docks thing because Darrow's like this whole plan would have given romulus half the ships right but he's like nah bro i need all those ships so i'm sabotaging you and this plan was put into place obviously well before if they had the capability of blowing the other pods where the other golds were
0: right he kind of takes advantage of romulus's honor that they've joined up he takes advantage of that and kind of uses it against romulus
1: i mean darrow really against romulus darrow's the bad guy oh for sure yeah and
0: and that plays out in iron gold down the line here especially with the docs and that recording that comes up Ooh, uh, yeah <laughs> t- <Ugh. tough> one. <laughs> hey, that's why
1: you can't ever do anything and then be a politician
0: right and so yeah and this is also i think this is like this decision and what darrow does here this is a little like this leads us into this kind of dark darrow we see down the line here in iron gold darrow, that's more like
1: darrow darko
0: yeah he's like war obsessed and he's just the reaper again and i think like maybe some of the fallout from this decision like over that period of time is really just weighing on him like think about the thousands of innocent lives that he sacrificed
1: well it's interesting because in the instant or sorry in the academy after he fails he's like losing sleep over the lives that were lost yep. in his ship oh, and yeah. now he's killing way more low colors yeah and i feel like he's not losing as much and these
0: are low colors that are like fighting for him that have like oh yeah
1: there's sons of aries down there here he gave up all their paws to romulus that's a
0: really good point that that comparison is really interesting
1: yeah like he he no longer feels each and every death like he did from the academy he's kind of more generalizing oh there must be a lot of low colors down there but he doesn't actually know them like he did his crew he
0: was racked with guilt over that and and now he like he's pretty cold about this situation
1: yeah he's he he like in a minute like no not antonio we're gonna blow some shit up and kill everybody
0: it's one of those it's it's a greater good that he's doing you know he's like
1: or he thinks
0: well, I mean, at that's, this the, point, that's the idea, yeah. It's right. a great that that is a greater good. Man, I don't know. I still don't know if this was the right decision.
1: I don't like it. I don't really either. <laughs> it's real murder.y <laughs> And like you know,
0: it does complicate his character a lot, and that's just super interesting. I'm glad we get to see the fallout from it in Iron Gold, and like mm-hmm. really excited to see in Dark Age how that plays out because it seems like the Rim is actually way more powerful. Than what they're letting on, and like the docks of Ganymede being destroyed doesn't ruin them. Like they can come to the core still,
1: and like the people are just harder people. Right. You know, they grew up tougher. Yeah. It's great that we do get to see ten years later, like how this this how these ripple effects come into play, which right. is really cool. Yep. So yeah, way to go, Darrow. Now. We wanted to root for you, but you're kind of the bad guy. <laughs> Definitely
0: does complicate things, for Complicates
1: sure. our feelings.
0: Uh, that takes us to our next item on the Prime 5 list. And that is, this is a question I actually put out on our HowlerPod Facebook page. If you have not liked the HowlerPod Facebook page yet, I mean, you should check that out, probably.
1: Hashtag memes.
0: Hashtag content. Hashtag, we put a poll up and we asked people... <laughs> uh <laughs> If they like the Iron Rain better or this battle, the Battle of Ilium.
1: And if you remember the Iron Rain, that's when the little brown girl is like, "Let's fuck shit up," <laughs> and then like blows the <laughs> EMP and everyone sinks.
0: Right. So I put a poll up. I posted it to the Facebook group <laughs> Hic Sant Leones.
1: He'll be lions. Yep.
0: And Iron Rain won pretty resoundingly, which I was kind of surprised by.
1: It did. Well, I remember I voted Battle of Ilium, which you all know I'm going to vote for because I talk about it. And then it tells you right away that no one else did. And I was like, come on, guys.
0: Right. It was like 65 35, Iron Rain.
1: Because I feel like they're both cool, but I don't know. This, maybe the space battle stuff doesn't feel as personal because you're not like dropping down. Right. And like watching your friends die right and left. The
0: idea of the Iron Rain is really cool. I think that's probably what carries the day on that.
1: Yeah, you see little meteors coming in and their people.
0: But I think this is a better battle. And I think it's more intense. And It's
1: bigger for sure. I was an
0: Iron Rain guy coming in to actually this reread. I was like, Iron, oh, Rain, really? Iron Rain, Iron Rain, Iron Raid. Then I reread these six chapters. And I was like, this battle is fucking
1: awesome. It's crazy.
0: Yes, I love... I love the way that Daryl thinks through it. Like we're in his head the whole time. He's like thinking through the battle. He's weighing all the different options. He's got the multiple plans going. You know, he's got fucking Romulus over plan going. He's got the tricking Severo. rope plan going over. Yeah. yeah, going on. He's got to get to the bridge in time to save Mustang. We've got the obsidians on mushrooms going insane. We're like hallway to hallway. We're in the shit. And yeah. It's just like I love the intensity and the suspense of this moment, and then it ends with this great like payoff where we finally get face to face with fucking Roke. Even though that part is, I guess, sad, I I enjoyed that way more. This time <laughs> we'll, also, we'll we'll also that's our next prime five. We'll get into that.
1: Well, going back to the Iron Ring too, it it also ends in a very exciting moment. That's when we realize Fitchner is Aries. Right. I mean, it is an amazing. They're both i think equally amazing i don't know i i definitely like the pew 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 better than like the on the ground slushing through the mud yeah in my opinion
0: yeah yeah i love the space battle aspect of this like those the space battle part is really cool
1: and like the crazy silence and the vacuum of space Mm -hmm. but then you just get knocked like you get knocked off course and you're fucking dead it's crazy right right terrifying
0: yeah so i mean if you're just like listening to podcasts and not really reading along maybe go back check those chapters out maybe you'll be a battle of alien person by the end of this i hope so
1: and you know elon musk is gonna get us up there and we can fight each other (laughs) in space
0: as long as i can get a star show i'm in
1: all right yeah or i don't know i'm cool being a pixie. After reading this, I'm like, yeah, I think I'm good, like, not actually being an iron gold and just being a pixie gold.
0: Yeah, so if you would like to uh, weigh in on that,
1: yeah, uh, Iron Rain or Battle of Ilium,
0: tweet us, email us,
1: or vote on it. I think Instagram, it's the
0: poll is still up for a couple more days.
1: Yeah, check it out. Check it out. Check, 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 check it out. So, coming up next on our Prime 5
0: our final item
1: would be kind of our own feelings about Roke
0: yeah let's 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 talk about Roke baby
1: oh you're trying to sing now (laughs) that's my thing
0: you sing it then
1: no (laughs) but I'm gonna like victor your ass slap you I don't know what does she do so
0: cut people's heads off mostly I (laughs) think (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> we were talking on the side before the pod kind of about how in like the first read for both of us we were sad when Roke died I was and very sad I remember even when we started the podcast Ben's being all cold about Roke and I was like oh I thought we liked Roke because I didn't remember how bad he was I kind of still had feelings for him mm-hmm. but then in this reread I was like dude fuck that guy. <laughs> so it's interesting how the more you read these books, the more you kind of have this depth for each character, right. this depth of feelings and experiences with them. Right. And this time around, I definitely did not care when he died. I know,
0: I didn't it definitely did not affect me. The only time I was really like kind of sad about it was when when Darrow said I keep swimming in and like you said it's just because I'm sad for Darrow at that point. Yeah, you're not sad about I'm not Rogue. sad about Rogue.
1: And now that we have Iron Gold, I think that also changes it where you're like, you know, looking 10 years ahead, I cannot imagine Roke changing. Because he's right. so consistently racist and proud. And yeah. like you, you can't even imagine him functioning at all in this new society.
0: No, no, he just would not work.
1: And it's funny. We were joking that like now we're real howlers, yeah. Because like the true howlers always hated Roke, <laughs> yeah. And now that we're like, oh, we don't like Roke. It's like now we're definitely real howlers. Yeah, I feel
0: like I'm in with Severo now. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And it's it's fine. I've always loved Severo, but now I'm like, okay, now I see. Like even more of Severo's amazingness, and now I see even more of Rogue's shittiness.
0: Right. I think it's just because we we've become so much closer to these characters, we have so much more loyalty at mm-hmm. this point to Darrow, to to Mustang, to you know Fitchner or whatever. And so when when that shit goes down at the Triumph, it's just like unforgivable. Right. You know.
1: In this moment, we are Victra, and. Previously, we were Darrow.
0: Right. Yeah. You know? I think so. Like the first time I was reading through the book, I'm like, I was Darrow. Yeah. You Cared felt, about Roke. You felt bad. Felt bad for him. You're like,
1: oh, he was my friend. And I, I, see, I fucked
0: up. Right. I see his point of view. I can see why people like Roke as a character or find him interesting. I mean, just at this point, though, I'm like, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know? We're like, Victor. We're like, all right, moving on. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. When he says to Victor, like, I hope you remember me fondly. And she says, I won't. I'm like, yeah, girl.
1: You're like, yep. <laughs> we won't remember you at all. Yeah. So, <laughs> does anyone feel the same like have have you guys done rereads where your opinions about yeah. certain characters have like drastically changed like this? I
0: really want to hear back from people on this like has your opinion on Roke changed over time or are you like are your Roke lover still? Like is Roke one of your favorite characters? I want to hear about that too. Like tell me yeah, why.
1: That'd be interesting.
0: Because I mean I understand his journey. I understand where he's coming from. Like the dude cares about society and he cares about holding up these tenants well, like and this he's, and just he's like
1: uh, an intellectual and, and uh not only a poet, but he's musically inclined, he listens to these symphonies. He's very like grand.
0: Yeah, he's deep in his convictions and there's like and i respect someone you know like that's deeply convicted in what they believe in but but (laughs) no to there's one point in this conversation this final conversation with rook where victor says to him just like we were your friends we were your friends like how could you do that basically it's
1: kind of one of the reasons romulus is like you betrayed these people who were your allies yeah and with with the rim, you don't do that.
0: Right. And for me, that's just a bridge too far at this point. Like, they were his friends. They were... Darrow did see him that way. Obviously, Darrow lied and was just like... But to have no understanding at all and just have no, no empathy for Darrow and his situation and still being at the end, still being like, I would kill you right now if I could. Yeah. I just... It's crazy. I don't think I can I can have any no sympathy left at that point. No you know? good feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Especially
1: like for me, I don't have the best memory. So like these rereads, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm kind of connecting more dots. And um, like the whole thing with Victra being like, I don't care what you are. It's what you do. Yeah. And I think that is like the basis of morality and friendship. Like, right. you know, I don't care what you're profession is or like what color you are like yeah. i care that you're a nice person and that you don't screw me over basically right <laughs> and i think victor taking the correct stance on that and then roke taking the incorrect stance it's like very easy to realize right and wrong between those two yep
0: yeah so if you guys want to weigh in on that hit us up because we would love to hear your thoughts
1: and if you like Roke, we will not chew you apart. Because I, de- I like love yeah, Roke until this reread. It's yeah. weird. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember when I liked him. Even in Red Rising, I remember I still liked him. Right. I so. mean,
0: I totally get it. Uh, but yeah, I just want to, I just want to hear what people are, where people are at with that.
1: Cool, cool. Let's Our, let's move on.
0: All right. Yeah. Now that we have finished the Prime Five. We got to name our Primus of the Week. This is a good one.
1: Boop, boop, do, do.
0: Primus of the Week is our one character who conquered the Proctors of Plot and rose above the rest. This week, our Primus
1: is. Victra A. Uh, Julia. Congrats, Victra you are so sexy <laughs> pure sex here
0: she just has she was the mvp of these chapters in my opinion that's and why she's getting I mean, promise.
1: my first read of this i w- i would have probably forgotten victor was there but now when you're you're like analyzing it it's like oh my god dara would have definitely not done as well without victor and possibly would have been fucked and died right because he's with a bunch of obsidians who have never fought with all this gear in space they've only like trained
0: and he doesn't have somebody like specifically watching out for him and he needs that a few times there's a few times where they're fighting where Victra saves his ass
1: oh yeah she's ping-ponging she's
0: She's a a, badass fighter dude
1: she's amazing and she is able unlike Darrow in these chapters to put on the rage and the coldness Mm -hmm. Whereas Daryl kind of has to like pump himself up to start feeling that. She immediately is like, let's go. And then um, she's able to kind of take command when Daryl's feeling all his feelings. Right.
0: Uh, Yeah. So here's the case for Victra. Basically, she shows up to protect Daryl. Severo asks her. But I mean, I feel like Victra wanted to do it anyway.
1: Also, it's so cute that Severo (laughs) sent Daryl a bodyguard. Yes,
0: that's awesome. Um, she has all the best lines in all the chapters, like all of the best quips, best lines by well, far are Victoria and holiday, yeah, they're like hold your tits is pretty good <laughs> <laughs> i just I like her and holiday together, yeah, for sure. but yeah, she has like like i was I said this to Aaron before the podcast, if I could just get Victor to call me darling one time in my life, it would be complete,
1: then you could roke yourself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, so she has all the best lines. If you have not read these chapters and you're listening to this, just go back and just read these six chapters because it's fucking awesome. She is a badass at fighting.
1: Oh yeah. She's she's phenomenal.
0: Like like I said, she saves Daryl's butt a few times.
1: And she's almost as tall as Daryl. Like she's a big lady. Mm-hmm. She can match up with these obsidian's big ladies. Oh, for sure. So and it's th- basically Darrow and a bunch of big ladies plus yeah. plus Holiday. Darrow and
0: all the ladies, yeah. And who's there. not
1: a big lady, but she's also a badass. It's like lady.
0: a solid block of granite. <laughs> <laughs>
1: she's doing the like fling the gun, the like spinning gun around and like right. slingshots. <laughs> yeah, you know that whole movie where they're throwing the the shots around like the hit. Oh yeah, pigs. Wanted. Wanted yeah. with Angelina Jolie. Yeah. These curve ladies, the bullet these ladies are like Angelina <laughs> but like more meat right on them <laughs> <laughs>
0: yep and then the last point where she shows up and just really steps in proves herself uh, is when she shares the load with Darrow tells him like she'll give the order to to Uh, kill everybody yeah basically destroy the docks she also was great during the conversation with roke and just like Mm -hmm. really illustrates uh like i said she's like you are our friends like that really that point hit home hard for me and the hurt that she feels towards roke and just like how much that betrayal hurt her and darrow is just really evident in those moments and um i think that's very important that that got across
1: yeah, unlike yeah. Darrow, who's easy to allow someone to be forgiven and be like, you don't have to die, it's all good. Victor's like, nah, yeah. like, I don't, she's she's cold, but like, she has a reason to be. Yeah. And she's she's an iron gold to right. the core, and she's gonna protect her friends and like make sure this little pixie who killed her mom and got her put in a her own little box.
0: Right, just like we said that. You have to respect Roe because he's strong in his convictions. Victra is absolutely... Yeah, equally as strong in her own convictions, and she is just as right, you know. And Um, she
1: also um, cares a lot about Darrow, and she knows what... Clearly. She knows what blowing the docks would do to Darrow, Mm -hmm. so that's why she takes it from him because she knows that she can hold that burden better than he can. Yep,
0: yep. Yeah, I love. She's just such a great friend, and she just is great throughout these chapters. Is like this is prime, prime victor right here. This prime is why, stuff. This is why we love her so much. Is she's super
1: chapters. fucking sexy. Yep. All right.
0: You know what it's time for?
1: What are we into this <laughs> week?
0: Uh, I'll go first.
1: Yeah, Ben, you go first.
0: Okay, so I am into a graphic novel this week. It's called Rick and Morty versus Dungeons and Dragons. And it's by Patrick <laughs> Rothfuss. I've recommended a couple of Patrick Rothfuss fantasy books, Name of the Wind and The Wiseman's Fear. Those are great fantasy books, but he also wrote this graphic novel. And it's Rick and Morty doing Dungeons and Dragons, basically. So if you know the can, TV can it show... Get
1: more nerdy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm not sure it could. Uh, so if you know the TV show Rick and Morty, if you have not watched Rick and Morty,
1: First watch that. Yeah,
0: get on that because it's amazing. It's There's awesome. Are
1: there three seasons? There's three seasons. And the fourth one, I was reading, will come out by the end of 2019, but we don't know when.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. So it's Rick and Morty doing Dungeon Dragons. It's hilarious. It's a really good filler for a while the TV show is not on. Dude, and the
1: TV show though, what a great rewatch! Oh my gosh. I've, I've rewatched them like tons of times. Oh yeah,
0: I've watched them all like five times.
1: Eight more <laughs>
0: oh jeez, rick
1: <laughs> dude if you haven't seen rick and morty it's basically um like a cartoon version of back to the future yeah. but it's like way gory it's and like back
0: to the future crossed with like south park
1: if you grew up watching like cartoon network and mm-hmm. all those kind of nasty bloody shows it's yeah. kind of like gory like that yeah you know yeah. where you see like brains and teeth falling out like yeah. powerpuff girls yeah that shit was bloody dexter's
0: laboratory kind of ren and Stimpy type oh situation. yeah it's like yeah.
1: real not for kids yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah first so first rec watch rick and morty yep. then rick and morty versus dungeons and dragons graphic novel
0: yeah while you're waiting for season four to come out check that out patrick Rothfuss, is a fucking amazing writer. It's a, it's a great little comic book. It's a quick read. So check it out.
1: Is that like, do you like order it and it's like a physical thing or is it? Yeah, it's like a physical it's book. It's not like an online thing.
0: You can probably get it online. Okay. On a Kindle or something like that.
1: I've n- I honestly have never read a graphic novel. I bought
0: the graphic novel. And it's just like, I don't know, a little half inch wide.
1: You can give it to me and I'll, then I don't have to Yeah,
0: I'll, ch- I'll let you check it out.
1: All right, so what I'm into is a TV show. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, if you haven't watched Queer Eye, it is a phenomenal show. They were just in been in my town of Kansas City, woo, woo. and I actually ran into two of the five. <laughs> walking into a Sam Smith concert and I like freaked out and they ran away from me. <laughs> I ran into That's Karamo weird. and Bobby and I was like, Oh my God. Hi. And they were like, hi. And like turned around really fast.
0: Get us away from us. They could crazy. see the crazy in my eye.
1: I was a little drunk too. Um, so it's on Netflix and, um, there, so there was, if you remember, an original show called Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, but mm-hmm. this is the reboot, and there's five seasons out, and it's um, Queer Eye basically for everyone. Mm-hmm. They they do straight guys as well as gay guys and women, and mm-hmm. and they also have done like doubles, like there's sisters in this last season, yeah. and it's if you enjoy like. The shows where someone starts off at a low point and then there's like the transformation right. and you feel inspired that's kind of what the whole show's self-improvement about. All right that type of stuff right i literally cry like every episode oh my gosh
0: every single episode and it's I funny
1: because like ben cries <laughs> my husband john cries and he doesn't he won't cry at anything <laughs> and he's sitting over here watching queer eye just sobbing it's I just love it. it's too powerful but it's just like oh my god these people are like coming out of their shells they're transforming it's an
0: uplifting cry it's not like a a bad cry no they're all good and
1: it's not just about fashion or like beauty it's also about like self-confidence and self-improvement and the five guys on the show are just amazing fabulous i'm in love (laughs) with anthony i want him to marry me he's so sexy (laughs) So if He's you're a really bad
0: cook, though. I'm going to go ahead and say it. No! Secret's out.
1: He's so sexy. <laughs> he,
0: all the stuff he makes is so simple.
1: I know, but I like I can't make any of that stuff. Oh, I'm yes, you could. No, I can't. I can't even make chicken. <laughs>
0: you can't make guacamole.
1: I guarantee you I cannot make <laughs> guacamole. He's doing it for people like me. <laughs> Anyways, if you haven't watched it, it's a great watch. You will feel me amaz- The first episode of season one, I was like heaving saw oh yeah i mean it it just blows me away so it's a great show queer eye on netflix and then the rick and morty versus dungeons and dragons graphic novel
0: queer eye is just great if you just want to feel like better about humanity
1: yeah if you if you have a lot of rokes in your life yeah this will make you feel like there's more victors in your life
0: exactly that's such a good comparison all right next week on howler pod
1: Whoa. <laughs> Is that your Anthony voice? <laughs> you guys, he's like so hot. I follow him on Instagram. He's got he's got like 8 abs or something. It's nice. He's really into graphic t-shirts. Ooh, and like Calvin Klein underwear. <laughs> Okay,
0: that's a new podcast. We might need <laughs> Queer Eye next. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like straight girls in love with these gay men. All right. Next week, we are doing chapters 50 to 56 in Thine star, star. Morga.
0: This is going to be the second to last episode.
1: Yeah, get ready because there's going to be a little break because we all have to read Dark Age.
0: How does the old saying go? Shit escalates
1: oh is this <laughs> is this when shit escalates because
0: shit is about to escalate
1: i feel like it already did i don't know oh yeah it's it escalate
0: just, but next week it's going like it's going down it's for going real. down for real yeah
1: all right that's 50 to 56 don't forget to follow us instagram twitter facebook etsy oh speaking of etsy i was up till like 1 a.m last night just on etsy searching red rising and then i searched red rising by pierce brown mm-hmm. um like we've got some cool shirts and such yeah but, check out the merch but there's some like really cool like mugs and stuff that other shops are selling and i tried to go through and like favorite them all oh nice so if you're just bored on your couch look up um red rising on etsy and you'll see some really cool shit and not just from us like i i really want to buy this one mug that I was gonna tell you about you could buy it for me. <laughs> so yeah, just check out all the merch that everyone's selling. There's tons of really cool shit out there, and then email us Hallerpod at gmail dot com. Don't forget, we want to hear about your feelings about Roke at yes. this point.
0: Yeah, let's uh, let's get some Roke talk in there. Also, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. We would really oh, yeah. super appreciate it.
1: We don't want to Roke you
0: and tell somebody about the podcast or the books definitely the
1: books i'm currently missing my copy of red rising because i uh loaned it to a friend who told me it was too intense to read all at once wow and i was like well how far have you gotten and she said that she's only read like two chapters
0: you know what she sounds like a pixie
1: she is <laughs> in real life she's not though i was like seriously nicole <laughs> that's right nicole <laughs> keep reading
0: yeah so let's keep sharing the books keep and tell somebody about the podcast if they're not listening thank you howlers
1: omnis lupus Ow. Ow.